We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hayes holding it, gets it into the hands of Cunningham. Cunningham, five seconds, drives, Cunningham pulls back, stripped and stolen by Burks. Burks now dribbling in the front court, and that's it. Alec Burks with the big defensive play of the game. And the Knicks win their third straight as they sweep this road trip. Robert Cross has another one. Trade the Grinch for a second rounder. I don't know what I don't know what you've elicited in, in uh, Robert Cross today. Start quickly at point guard. Play offense through RJ. Watch Obi flourish off the ball. Joy will return to the Mecca. Let me actually last thing, and then we'll move on from the, the trade Randall thing. Um, and actually, hold on. Let me just read the next comment because it has to do with it. Jeremy E. Why do we need a fair return for Julius? Keeping him depresses Obi's value and team performance. Getting him off the team is paramount. I think we kind of answered this before, but I'll say it again. It is because the worst thing you could do in the NBA, in my personal opinion, and not everybody should should agree with this, and I'm not even sure if I agree with this because I do think you need to get Randall off the team, but my my brain says the worst thing you could do in the league is is trade low on a on a depressed asset that you think can get higher in value. Um and I he gosh it's I, I hate that i have to say this he made the all-star team last year he made the all-nba team last year like he is he is on a contract that pays him especially since the incentives now have become unlikely incentives it is essentially a 27 28 million no 26 and a half million dollar a year contract if you go average annual value that is not a lot of money in the nba um Oh God, I don't. It's tough, though. It's tough, and I I say it with like, I, and I don't. I'm I'm not even convincing myself as I say it, but I, I that is what my head is telling me. Yeah, I see both sides of it. Right on one hand, there's an opportunity cost towards keeping him. We, we see what the team looks like when he's not on the floor. We know that there's something different. We view him as a net negative. So why don't you get that net ne- negative out of here? But here's the thing: if you if you trade Julius Randall for something that is as low in value. And especially if he does better on the next spot, you'd be like, I can't believe the Knicks front office traded Julius at his lowest point to get something with a ceiling. That's not, that couldn't be higher. And what are we doing here? Like 
that that's the other factor, right? You want a fair return. You also want yeah. like the Knicks. It's hard because on one again, on one hand, I see like the Knicks don't need to trade Julius Randle. They don't. They have him under contract. They're not at risk of this. And yet they need to figure out a solution. I don't think that solution involves Julius Randle, which no. then leads you to the conclusion of they need to trade Julius Randle. So yeah. I think you you really can look at it either way. And it's just that if you're talking nobody's about player, wrong here. Right, like right. if you if you think they need to get mad here at all costs, you're not wrong. Because just I don't I just don't do it for like a second run pick. I'm sorry, Robert, but that like yeah. that's that's a little too <laughs> out of the realm. But no, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's the other, but then it's like, okay, well, he's 28 years old next year. And we're talking about like, well, if Julius could do this with this player, like a point guard, and it's like well, how, how I, many years left do we have of his career to be like he's going to drastically improve from where he's at right now? The next question is from Sean and one. Why do we not see pick and roll with RJ and Julius? Wish I knew. I, I don't think Julius wants to run that. Probably not. But that but then that's also like because we know RJ have Barrett a player, likes to run pick and roll. Right. And having a player who doesn't want to do the what feels like from from our vantage point the easy work of setting a screen rolling to the basket using your strength as basically like a jumbo big wing uh on mismatches and everything like why you wouldn't want to do that if you're julius i don't know why are you making life harder for yourself yeah. but for whatever reason he doesn't want to do that and if you i am curious though because it's like is that tibbs being like julius i hear that you don't want to do that and i recognize that or is it tibbs being like well, what worked last year is fine, so let's not do that. Let's shy away from yeah. that. I don't truth, really know. Truth is probably somewhere in between, as as yeah. it always happens to be. Uh, Robert Cross is the MVP of this post game. <laughs> Disagree with my buddy Cutlets. That's the best nickname ever. I'll take um, Jeremy Cutlets. I had Cutlets tonight. Actually, they were delicious. The Grinch is standing in the way of RJ and Obi's development, coupled with being a cancer on the team. He has to go. Um, but we're not in again with the whole cancer thing. We're not. In the locker room, we don't like we. On one hand, I could see I've been saying one hand, the other hand a lot. Like you look at Julius and and having what feels like frustrating moments on the court, and you got Evan Fournier walking you're away, being, and RJ Barrett trying to very. You're being very kind. Here. I'm trying to be diplomatic here. Right? You are trying to be diplomatic. You're doing a good job of it, right? But then I see Julius Randall and RJ Barrett smiling for a photo. Does that mean anything? Maybe not. Maybe they hate each other and they're just posing for a photo. Maybe they're actually close enough and it's not this huge big deal. But it's even like, Jeremy tonight, the RJ, uh, after RJ missed the, the, the fadeaway, Julius, uh, you saw that on the TV, Julius put his arm around him and said something, something encouraging because like RJ was right. like nodding. Like, I don't know. Does that stuff mean anything? It doesn't mean nothing. I, I don't know. You could balance that with the fact like he doesn't help Obi up. I get it. Like, we can pick and choose. I'm just saying, I don't know where the answer lies. Again, as you said, it's probably somewhere in the middle, but, but we don't know. It's, it's like, I don't, don't. go to John. I don't go to your workplace and be like, you don't get along with that person. That person needs to go there. can't like, we just, we see what we want to see. I would love for you to come into my workplace and let's do it. Let's schedule a time. And I'd be like, Hey, you're a colleague of John's. I don't like your vibe. I'm going to trade you for a school lunch. Something like that. You know, um, they have like Trade pizza bagels. Yeah. They have pizza bagels on Mondays. I'll, I'll take one of those. Um, Johnny Chibo, what's going on, Johnny? Uh, Julius Randall trade plus smart point guard raises the team IQ. Um, perhaps pun intended equals wins. Hashtag KOC. Um, hashtag. I think he wants us to get Kevin O'Connor on the on the podcast. Uh, sure, KOC, come on, come on board. Um, yeah, I I I do think Julius Randall has some frustrating moments in terms of, of uh, I hate using the term basketball IQ, but it's just like 
especially when you watch the kids play. And I, here's the other thing. I think Obi has really high hoops IQ. Um, and that's the other frustrating part of it. Um, yeah, I know. We, um, we'll, we'll keep working on Kevin O'Connor. Parrish Duggar, uh, trade Randall and a second. Or, sorry, and two number ones to LA for street clothes, in parentheses, Anthony Davis. I don't think the Lakers are going to make that move. Uh, one, two, it doesn't work under the cap. Um, again, like one of the, it's like one of those questions, like what would you have to add to Julius Randle to get the Lakers to take him? I think actually, so the interesting part of this discussion is I think Randle plus Fournier does work under the cap. And if it doesn't, you could, the Lakers can throw in another small salary to make it work. And like the Lakers are asking for, what are they asking for, Jeremy? Three first two swaps. I, I, what they're asking for is out of my comfort level. Andy yeah. Davis is a great player. He's also in the ideal situation for he really is. right now. So like we're talking about a player who is 28 years old, who has not had a great trajectory for health. Um, that's your that's all in trade too. Right. Like you, you don't trade for Anthony Davis to be like, the piece, and then you build around him. You trade for Andy Davis to be the finishing piece, the fin- the le- like the Lakers They're, did. And right, it, it, it worked for you. It worked. Yes, they won a title. That like you need to do that for the Knicks, and the Knicks don't have it in them right now to make that finishing move be Anthony Davis. And then when you factor in again his health, the picks that are involved, the Lakers just I don't see clutch trading Anthony Davis. Uh, away from LeBron and all the other players that they have that are clutch focused trying to get Julius Randle in there. I just don't see it working. Um, and that's fine. I, I, it's not something I would really like to pursue. Yeah. Well, um, I'll be curious if there are like any rumors that come up over the off season about that. Like the Knicks kicking the tires on seeing if that is a thing that is available, but um, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Jessica with a couple comments here. Okay. Since I've seen it discussed thoughts on Zion's recent videos, if he's healthy, how would that work realistically, Jeremy thoughts from all three. And then uh, also from Jessica, shout out to Andrew for hosting the last show. Fantastic job. When you fill in. Yeah. Andrew, big round of applause. Likes up for Claudio. His poor, his pure joy was infectious. That's why I love being around Andrew because he's pure. He is human joy. I think I try. Um, Yeah. They seem to, I I wanted to be natural, but I did a Tibbs impersonation on the pod on Friday night and the chat is asking for it. I basically asked like, finish that one. I basically asked, like, what does Tibbs do when he goes on, like, mundane, everyday activities? Like, does he go to the store and is like, what aisle is the ice? Ice! I want ice! Like, I, I you know, regular things. Like, calling customer That's service. Good. I was told by Apple Care! Like, those types of things, you know? Um, Jeremy gets that joke. I do. <laughs> yeah, I like it. it. Yeah, I don't get it, but I like the voice. Um, I, so, I, if it's the video of him, like, doing a fucking three, 360 between the legs, reverse dunk off the bat, whatever that is. Like I've never really had questions about what Zion Williamson can be. If he gives a shit, um, I, this is probably going to be an unpopular opinion, but he, I would go all in, uh, in a heartbeat for Zion. I do think Zion is, I, let me, should I, do I believe this? There's a part of me that thinks he's played his last game in New Orleans. I just, when there's enough writing on the wall, I know 
contract situation, the whole thing. And it's like, and by the way, the Hornets give them all the credit in the world. Like they've put together a great little team. They're one you of mean the, the Pelicans. You mean the Pelicans? What did I say? The Hornets. Oh, sorry. I get my Pelicans. The Pelicans have put themselves together a nice little team. They've been uh, one of the 10 best teams in basketball since the break. And Brandon Ingram hasn't even been playing. Um, So, yeah, good job by them. I just don't think he wants to be there. Um, So it's a matter of what I mean, how does it work realistically? Um, uh, If you want to answer, Jeremy, the salary is not going to be the issue. I, I could just say that. Uh, at least not this year. I, I, I don't want to go too far into depth because I know Andrew's going to kill me because it might be stepping on the toes of things that yes. we've got later on. Uh, so I'm sorry, Jessica, but at least in terms of like his ability, he's a great player. Um, you just hope the health works out. That dunk was, I think it was called an East Bay dunk. It was ridiculously impressive. Like it's very hard for any human to do that, especially me. So Zan showing that he's healthy, able to do something like that. Like that was cool. It's nice to see someone whose game is like that level of explosiveness start to get back in that manner. But in terms of like the value, the contracts, the math, all that, um, I'll let future me do the talking on that. Andrew, yes or no, no caveats or anything. No more, no further explanation. Are you going all in? Whatever your definition of all in is for Zion Williamson. Whatever my definition is. Yeah. So is that you're, you're, you're not trading? You're not trading, a, RJ. You're not. That's trading, the RJ. thing I would think all in would require. No, which you're is not why trading. If I can get Julius, uh, Julius, if I can get Zion on this team without trading RJ, I'm all for it. I would. I'm curious about when we dive into potential trade packages, what you and Jeremy come up with this offseason, um, and how and, they can get. Zion without trading their best asset. And it's it's going to be really difficult because you whatever picks the Knicks want to trade, trading picks to a team that already has a shit ton of picks just mm-hmm. devalues the nature, the, the, the very definition of a first round pick to that so team. We talked about this. I don't know if it was the mailbag or whether it was on Patreon, but we said like, this is where some lottery luck really would come in. Oh, yeah. If the Knicks we, are trading yeah. the two pick to the Pelicans, there's your actual best asset yeah. here. Go build around Chet Holmgren or Jabari Smith. And that's how you can, yeah. you know, replace the, that's how you can keep RJ. And then you, you probably have to throw in quickly and whatnot. But as far as all, we'll get into it more during yeah. a cap or no cap, the Zion Williamson plan um, during the off season. Giddy up, baby. Uh, okay. A few more. And then we're going to uh, start hitting up some of the categories. Frank Miranda. What's up, fellas? It's your boy, Frank from Patreon. What's going hey. on, Frank? Frank? Always good to see you. I am at the point where I would trade Randall and something else for Westbrook. I, I, I'm sure Nick fans are, are you're not alone in that. Um, he has been that bad. And I would take Westbrook for one year. You have to do it if it's available. I, I, I'm going to push back and say you, you don't, don't Frank, have to Frank, do it. Step from the ledge. You don't have to do but, it. But what but if I, it's plan F? Plan F for failure. <laughs> yes. For yeah. Whatever you want to say it, it, that F stands for. Yeah. What if they've exhausted a through E and it's like, keep Julius. again, it goes back to the, the point I was making where as bad as Julius has been, it like there are levels to it. We're just so close to it that it feels like the end of the world. I'm telling you, it's not perceived quite that badly by other teams. And that's the bottom line. You, there, there are ways to get around it. It doesn't have to be like, Hey, like, to us, Julius Randle feels like a maybe the worst player in the season. And then it's like, oh, no, there's also Russell Westbrook. It doesn't have to be that level. It's And it's not that level. It's not 
that bad. It's bad. It's not that bad. And, and um, obviously Channing Five brought this up on the pod and there was only, I only had one question for him. I wasn't going to get into an argument with him about this, but that's why the only question I asked him was, so you don't think that this is, this is what is left of Westbrook. You think that there is a better version left of him? And he said, I do, which if that is an opinion that a person holds, then okay, that's fine. Then, then there is an argument for it. If you don't think he's going to get better than he has been this year, it becomes an almost an almost impossible argument because he has been Russell Westbrook. I'm talking about he's been an atrocity against basketball humanity. I, I don't know how else there is to say it. Um, and also talk about idea, guys. Sorry, what were no, we going to say? I, I, I cut you off. You go first. No, just then we talking about when is Julius Randle going to change? You want to talk about a guy who's never going to change? Mm. Example number one is yeah. Russell Westbrook, who's even older. And there's kind of this idea with Russ. That's like, hey. Russ could take a buyout like John Wall's taking a buyout. They're not going to do that. Why? What does, what does Russell Westbrook have to gain from taking a buyout just because he wants to play in another place? Like it's $47 million. Yeah. To a a multi, multi millionaire. You'd be like, what's the difference between 47 and 45. It's not going to be that It, it would have to be more than that. And then you're just dealing with dead money that you've nothing to do with. Like there's a reason why so many teams would want a first round pick in 2027 and probably 2029 in the off season to get Russell Westbrook because they perceive that amount of money as being bad. That's not where Julius Randle is. It's just, it isn't where he's at. You could look to Russ and be like, Hey, his best years are in the past. You go look at Randall and maybe say like his best year was in the past and sure, but there's a better chance of Julius, in my opinion, to up his level of play to being at least as it to- is for Russell Westbrook at the age of 34 to get there. Not that he can't, it's just, it's more of an uphill battle. I was about to say the flip side to this argument is if you think that this is the start of the slippery slope for Randall, which again, I know that's not your opinion, but I do think reasonable minds could differ on that point. Um, that's <laughs> the only thing I'll, I'll say. Can I just uh, interrupt and just Anthony six does your next super chat. Yes, comment. I have it. He, uh, has in the chat also in the regular chat. Um, he corrected me that Russell Westbrook isn't playing F. He's playing WTF, which I appreciate I like that it. line. Well Necessary said. connection. Also, Jeremy, we should, the St. Peter's is about to lose. I what know. a run by Shout, the 15 seed St. Peter's. Shout out Jersey City. You know, yeah. uh, I was there on Friday night, walked around afterwards, seeing people. Oh, cool. Thrilled. It was just really awesome. But yeah. Uh, Shout out Peacocks. Good, yeah. good job by them. Good job um, by them. Peacocks, not um, Papicocks, which is I mistakenly called them at some point. (laughs) Um, Anthony Six, though, with this other comment, thoughts on the Knicks waiting until the next trade deadline for big moves. A strong start with a healthy team minus the Kemba disruption could bring clarity on who to move, potentially boost value. Hashtag 33 wins. Um, I don't I don't think. I don't think that they will go into next season with essentially the same roster as they have right now. Now you're telling me, is there a chance they go into next season with the exact same roster and Jalen Brunson, which obviously would need to be a sign and trade. So you're talking about Burks and um, I've, I've done this fucking math. Um, it would actually have to be Brunson depends on the salary, but Brunson and someone coming and then it would have to be, I think Burks and one more salary outgoing. Jeremy's at checkout. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so it wouldn't be the exact same team. It would be something going out. And and 
that's the quietest offseason I could imagine them having, you know, or 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 put in your your point guard replacement here. Cause I, I actually I'll I'll push back on what Andrew said earlier. I don't think there's a chance Alec Burks starts next year at point guard. Um I think they there's will a, he's, I he's hope not. not. Yeah. I just there's a gun at my head. I'm going with what it's, that's like, fair. is currently on the roster. If the roster changes, I'm all for I, it, you know. I the, my only pushback, and Jeremy obviously can add to this if he wants to. Trades are easier to make in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, so because the rosters aren't set, so you don't have to deal with a lot of the um like the two for two, two for because like roster spots fill up and like teams don't love like just cutting guys, you know, so it, it makes it harder. That's exactly it. And also it's just a quieter time. They're more yeah. you know, pieces to move. Like instead of a year and a half of a guy's contract, it's a year. And when it's a year, it's expiring. It might seem silly because that half year, but it's legit. It's just teams of have historically made those bigger moves in the off season. It's why NBA off seasons are so huge. The trade deadlines are usually like, Hey, let's, you know, like the best player, obviously this year was James Harden, who was traded. And the biggest reason that was, was a beat, like funky, it was right. It was motivated yeah. by fear from Brooklyn's standpoint of like, let's, we can't really do a sign and trade because of the math with each side, because it would hard cap the Sixers and they can't yep. be hard cap. Like it just doesn't happen often. Um, and ironically enough, James Harden was traded to Brooklyn mid season as well. But, that also made things difficult. And why did it make things difficult? They had to do a four team trade essentially to like when you, when all was said and done, it was Houston, it was Brooklyn, it was Cleveland, it was Indiana. Yep. It's a lot to do. Whereas on the off season, as John's saying with the roster spots and the math and moving pieces, it's just, it's a lot cleaner to do it later on. So I wouldn't say the trade deadline is an expected time for a big move. I'd say it's probably the following off season. Uh, Parish Duggar with a comment. Dolan wants Zion. Got some inside info here. Um, he probably does. Um, not, jeopardizing, <laughs> not, uh, not jeopardizing cap space. So Mitch is gone. Um, that gets into whether or not they're going to be a cap space team. We don't have to get into that right now. Uh, draft to replace Mitch. No extensions for Cam or RJ with bird rights until we get Zion. Um, I don't want to talk too much about extension stuff for Cam and RJ because we're going to spend a lot of time on that after the season. Um, I don't know that Dolan gets to decide this one. Um, if, if the Zion sweepstakes plays out, it's going to get, it's going to get pretty complicated. Um, and we will talk about it when the time comes. Um, Just one thing to add. Yeah. Not signing RJ and not signing cam doesn't wipe away money because their cap holds are still so large that the Knicks basically wouldn't have the full room to get a max player and sign him for cap space. So if that's the case, you might as well just stay well over the cap and have all the salary and move it in a sign and trade to get a player. If it comes to that, there's actually a chance that cams salary after he signs an extension is going to be less than his hold. RJ's. Yes. It's going to be about the same. Eh, yeah. I was about to say RJ. It isn't close enough. Yeah. Well, we could go we either quibble direction. over it, but yeah, we'll, we'll be, talk about it. Yeah. Um, as we, as we, but it's, it's a big apple. That's the point. Um, Jason M. If they trade Randall for nothing and he makes the all-star team next season, Leon Rose gets fired before the season ends. They need to get value back. You said yep. it, Jeremy. Yeah. You have um, to make sure you get something of value back. It's not just let's kiss this player goodbye. Cause if he does well, then we're going to be sitting here kicking ourselves like, damn, maybe should have either waited or gotten something better. Um, Another Randall trade thing. Uh, talk about the theme of the show. It's like the Ske- Randall no cap or no cap. Fill, fill the questions and question and answer. Skeetco. Um, I actually know what skeet means. 
because I teach teenagers long time. First time, long time. Isn't the perfect trade redacted for Brunson sign and trade sends Julius Randall home and is a good fit next to Luca. Um, Unfortunately that that would not work under the salary cap unless they gave Jalen. I think if they gave Jalen Brunson uh, his max, I think maybe that pretty much like you'd get closer (laughs) if you gave Jalen Brunson the max, which I do not feel comfortable doing. Uh, But even then it's, 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 Again, we, we don't have to get into this today. It's a it's because of the uh, base year compensation rules, which I've been spending more time looking at than I care to admit. Um, it actually it wouldn't should, even work if you gave Brunson. The I was about to still say have to add more salary it, from it, Dallas. It, like, yeah, we're talking Bertans. It's just it's a mess if you do a Julius for Brunson thing. It's that that the mechanism. It's not going to happen. What what you would now? What you could you could I believe. Trade Randall. No, because then you would have just a bunch. You, it, you, I was I was trying to think of a world where you could just trade. You could make other trades and like trade Randall to Dallas for like um, for whatever, and then open. But uh, that wouldn't open up cap space for them. It could open up a little cap space potentially, but then you would have to open additional cap space, and then maybe perhaps with the additional cap space you open up, then you just sign Brunson. Uh, outright and it wouldn't have to be a sign and trade, but that would also uh, involve chicanery and the NBA doesn't always care for chicanery. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to pull off. Um, CT Pittman. I'm going to love this comment. I just want to shout out John for choosing any given Sunday as the best football movie. Thank you. CT Pittman. We appreciate you here at Nick's film school for many reasons, but especially for that. Jeremy, what's yours? The best favorite football movie. Oh God. So I'll give you some of the nominees that got drafted. So I took remember the Titans with my second overall pick. Um, Then John took any given Sunday. Oz, I think took Rudy and then the replacements got taken. And there's a whole slew of like uh, a little giants think it taken. Yeah. yeah, Longest yard, either one of them draft day. You're going to crush me because the first two, on your top list, I actually have never seen. Hold on, hold on. I've never seen any given son, any, or I've I've never seen. Um, remember the Titans. Oh my God, Jeremy! I know I have to fix it. I'll, any given Sunday is worse, but no. Yes, it is. Remember the Titans is worse. I really enjoyed Draft Day. I think it's a lot of fun. It's fun. You could okay, probably you're, you're redeeming yourself, right? No, it's, it's <laughs> no, you're not, movie, Jeremy. For me, you are hundred <laughs> percent. No, listen, it's in my say Mac, no matter what, baby. Right, yeah, that, yeah. it's great. But in my brain, where it's also like thinking about the minutiae and, and like how much we loved, or at least I, I don't want to speak for other people. I loved seeing the Knicks flying up and down and off the board. Yeah, the I did too. Like, mm-hmm. That feels the like last, that. Yeah. The last 10 yeah. minutes was quite literally a cap or no cap. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Where and then how, how he trades picks, the, yeah. like the whole note, the, the playbook thing with the, mm-hmm. the money, like loved it. I'm going to go with drafting and I watched the other two at some point. I, um, Wow. Listen, I, we might make during the off season a watch a playback watch party, and I'll ask if they can put on "Remember the Titans." There's probably some distribution rights that don't allow that, but I think for Patreon will be we okay. Do, we should do a watch along for for a basketball movie and record that as podcast. I'd, I'd be down. Um, We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Joe Vogel with our last Super Chat. Um, trade Randall for Russ. Who do you shelf next year in a tank? who you shelf next year in a tank season. So again, this is the concept of like basically doing what Houston did to, to John wall. I don't see this front office doing that. I just don't, I could be wrong. Um, and then use the free cap space. Again, the notion that Jeremy just discussed about a buyout to sign. Here we go, boys. Nikola Jokic in 2023. <laughs> Zion accepts the qualifying offer and gets traded here. LOL. Um, if Zion Williamson and Nikola Jokic are on the Knicks, in the next two years, I will. What do you, what do you want me to do? I'll do I mean, anything. I, I like the plan, Joe. It's like, a good I, plan. I'm all it's, for it. Yeah. It's great. I just, Steve Mills would be proud. Yeah. Look. I like it. I let's do it. I, I hope they do it. <laughs> you know what? On, on second thought, I would be okay with signing. Nicholas yes. I'm down. I consider go. it. Pull my arm. If it's a annual exception. Yes, obviously. You have to, you know, some sacrifices would have to be made. Seriously. Yeah. He's already made his money. He can yeah. take it. Oh, God. All right. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's get into it. So we, we're going to do our usual segments and uh, game ball detention uh, tankathon. Um, we're going to do all that. But first, um, Jeremy, you have any any thoughts on Tom Thibodeau's postgame comments from Friday night? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't exactly the biggest fan of them. Again, it just seemed like Tibbs trying to dunk on people he had been told just to ignore in general, which he then didn't do. After game 74, where fans are saying, we want you to do exactly what you are now doing, but only based on the fact that all of your toys have been taken away from you by injury or by intervention. And it's just very frustrating to hear that because it just is like the things that are working, we've been wanting to see work. And then we, we aren't allowed, not allowed, but like the whole thought is like, you're not in practice. You don't know what's going on. Okay. But then he does exactly what we would love for him to do. And then it's, it's like, how dare you guys say this and, and, and not trust the process and see what I'm doing. It's like, but again, the results are, are showing that what we wanted is, is, is working and right in front of us. So I, I just found it to be very, I don't know, but it disingenuous is the right word, but it just, 
it's just all crappy, man. Like you've gaslighted us this entire season. You've been stubborn as shit. And now when you're finally breaking free, you turn on us, be like, see, no, like we do see it. It's, it's exactly what we wanted. So I wasn't a fan of it. Uh, just real quick before I respond. Uh, all that's, all that's fair, by the way. Um, Manu, Manu, excuse me. Fami says in the, in the chat here, Randall talked about his quad injury post game. Um, and said it's been bothering him on off throughout points of the season. And this should not come as a surprise to anyone. Um, Tibbs uh, said it that Randall was dinged up earlier in the year. Um, I think the obvious question is why not rest him? Why did it take until game 70, whatever? Um, to Was game 70, 70, whatever the hell the game is. I, I've lost track. Um, to rest him. And why not uh, rest him? Why not play him less? Um, you know, it is, it is a, it is perhaps the question hovering over the season in regards to Tibbs' comments. I thought a lot I'll about. Yeah, sorry, I, I, sorry. If we're just in the very moment, if we're on, yeah, that, sure. I'll, t- I'll tell you why. Cash rules everything around me. It's money. No, it's, it's a- if Julius Randall's not playing, then he's losing out on incentives. And if you're Tibbs, if you're healthy enough to play, you're playing. If you're my yep. best veteran player, I'm yep. going to play you. Julius Randall needed 65 games played and for the Knicks to make the playoffs in order for him to get one of his bonuses. Yep. He, he's going to keep playing. That's like, and that is your perfect excuse if you are shopping him as well. He was dinged up. It's not working yeah. in New York. We've got Obi top and we can make this work with just Obi figuring something, something out. Let's figure out a trade for Julius. He'll be healthy for you. He won't be in a high pressure environment. He'll, you know, let, maybe it's Indiana. Maybe it's another um, smaller market. Who knows? That's your, your avenue. That's how you sell it to another team. But I'm sorry, continue. No, it's fine. Um, I've thought a lot about a lot about this, especially after I after I chimed in on Twitter after Friday night's game because I was having a little fun. Um, I'm allowed to have fun sometimes. Look, I, I can um, at this point sit here and admit to myself that the reasons that I defend Tom Thibodeau are not wholly probably rational and to be honest, do not have, I don't say don't have a whole lot to do with Tom Thibodeau. They have to do with other things, which I've kind of talked about on this podcast and we don't need to get into, but like I can sit here and admit that. Um, So I will just say coming from an potentially a potentially irrational place and coming from a, a place where I just like the guy, (laughs) I, I, I can't fully explain it. I do. I can admit it. I can admit it. I can't fully explain it, but I can admit it. Um, it, the comments put a smile on my face. And if I sat here and I hemmed and hawed about them, I would be lying. And I'm capable of many things. Lying on this podcast is probably unfortunately not one of them. So yeah, I just, he's a stubborn old mule. He's a stubborn old mule and he does not care to change. And I admire that about him. I don't know why. I really don't. I wish I did, but I do. And uh, that is all that I have to say about that. I have to follow up by asking a question. Sure, please. So obviously we talk on this podcast. You have a newsletter, all sorts of means of communication. A lot of the things that he was chastising, you have also asking for. Yeah. He's, he was talking to me. I mean, I don't, I don't, even, I don't. So, so even boast, so, when he was talking yeah. to someone, someone like you, the, yeah. conjuring up images of someone like yourself, even when he's talking directly to someone like you, I loved it. Okay. 
again, I, I really wish I could sit here and explain it, but I, I have a very briefly, I have a certain modicum of respect for anyone who has achieved success in a field that is very, 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 very difficult to achieve, to, to get to. You, there are only, again, there are only 30 of these jobs. And we've seen a lot of people come with accolades and awards and recognition and fanfare and the whole thing come and take this job and fall flat on their face. Didn't matter what accolades they had before they took it. And he came here after already being a, 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 a head coach, again, one of only 30 of some renown of being seen as a successful head coach. And he did something that a lot of those other folks had not been able to do. And for, for, for that, it, it got, it, it always gets, it will forever get my respect as someone who has tried to enter several professions and fallen flat on my face because it's fucking hard out there, you know? And I think being an NBA head coach has got to be one of the toughest jobs in the world. And I do not envy the man because we always talk about the issues of this team with Kemba and Julius and a young growing RJ and like all of this stuff, not an easy job to coach the next year. Um, and everybody seems to have the answer. And you know what? All those people that, that seem to have the answer, maybe they're right. I don't know, but I know it's a tough job and I respect him for trying to do it to the best of his abilities, even if he has not done a great job. Um, so that's the best answer I can give you. I'm sorry if that's not altogether satisfying. No, it's, it's, it's an appeal to emotion. I understand that. And you understand it. And that that's what you are saying. Uh, I do understand. It. I do. Um, and we'll hope for the best for as long as he's coach. Right. Sure. Um, <laughs> I would listen. I, I'd love for him to keep staying here if it means that the Knicks are succeeding. It's just a matter of how these things get balanced. Like I, I do also have to say that the devil works hard, but it seems as though the agenda and group, or maybe it's just him operating of Tom Thibodeau has been working harder this past week. And nobody works weeks. harder than Tom Thibodeau. And listen, if I have to see another Murdoch produced tabloid paint Tom Thibodeau in the brightest of lights. I, I, I might just, I might just drop basketball altogether. It's like, it's so, so painfully obvious how like you hear nothing, nothing from the front office. And for the last three weeks or so, all we're hearing is like, pro Tibbs things and him being back and doing all of this. And if the, it feels to me like what's happening is that Tibbs camp, if you call it that, whatever it is, is essentially attacking the foundation of the Knicks by doing that with the team. Basically it looks like the team doesn't know what they're talking about. They're on shaky ground, right? Like, let me put it in an example. This didn't even happen recently, but it's we've seen it before. I've seen people say they're really worried about the voices in the rooms. Like who's calling the shots? Wes I got you. is talking. Aller is talking. You know, is Leon Rose considering the right things? It feels to me like when it's said, it's always to either create drama or, or that's it's actually just really what it is. It feels like ways to create drama. The reason I say that is because some of the best, if not the best operations in life, in business is basically 
what you would hope to be a multiracial, multigender, diverse set of opinions, period. Yeah, for sure. And it just feels like if you have one person, like if you have Phil Jackson, for example, explicitly calling shots or being the guy who's not really hearing people in the room, he knows what he likes. He likes the triangle. He wants to find guys to fit that triangle, whatever it is. That to me is bad management. You need to gather opinions. And no, what the Knicks th- have are smart people yeah. who are, in terms of IQ, and I don't mean Emmanuel quickly, but <laughs> intelligence and EQ who come together to make the right calls, or at least what we well, hope Tim's, to be the Tim, right decisions. But and Tim's does not have great EQ when it comes to but playing sure. nicely with people in 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 with with whom he may not hold the same basketball opinions. As. And that is part of the reason why he was fired in Chicago, part of the reason why he was fired in Minnesota, and part of the reason why we're also seeing issues here in New York. But in terms of the front office, like you need cohesion, but also you want a diverse set of opinions because it gets you thinking about what you shouldn't do and what you should. Like that that's why it's so important to have that because then you can you can say, well, we've thought these things through. It's not just move forward with this one plan. And so when you attack that group, right? When you try to weaken their position, it feels like shaky ground. And every position that they make after that is not concrete. And what is one of the biggest decisions that the Knicks have to make this offseason? It's whether or not they are keeping Tom Thibodeau. You, yep. you could also throw in Julius Randle, but Tibbs being on the hot seat, that's certainly one of them. And I just see a lot of talking from the pro Tibbs side. I don't see anything that's going on. It seems pretty leaky. It, it doesn't have like there are many leaks going on with, with the front office. So it's kind of, it's just, it's something that caught my attention as I've been yeah. considering it and everything with Tibbs and the comments. Like it's just, it's vocal. It, it's voices on one side and it's silence on the other. That's how it feels to me. And that's fair. Um, and I, I certainly can't say anything um, to counter that. I think he is, he is a guy that, we know from his history, you know, he digs in his heels when he feels threatened. Um, he's not someone, you know, a lot of the complaints that I have about Julius Randle not being more open-minded to different things can make all of the same, you know, and, and I'm not talking in a, ba- in a basketball sense. I think, I think Tibbs probably looks at the notion that Brock Aller is going to help him win basketball games as like, fucking kidding me, you know, and, and that attitude but that also is something, and to be fair, Leon Rose set this gimmick up, right? He set it up so that we're all of these voices are going to come together and help us steer in the right direction. And I, Leon Rose, I am going to be able to captain this ship of very diverse opinions. And we looked at last season and they're like, holy shit, he pulled it off. And that's why I argued for him. For, one of the reasons I argued for him for executive of the year, because I thought he had this crazy idea and it worked. This season, because all it takes is one divisive issue and some losing. And I think Leon Rose's bet was probably that as long as Tibbs was going to be coached, there was never going to be enough losing for it to become a problem. Well, guess what? There was some losing this year, you know? Um, So it'd be interesting to see how they do going forward um, or what they do going forward. Um, You know, I'm as curious as anyone. And, uh, and as I've said, I think there's a, there is a world where you could say that moving on from him is the correct move for the franchise, which is different than saying the man's a bad coach. Cause that's one thing you'll never going to be able. And that is something un- unlike what I said before, I do think I can sit here and say pretty unequivocally, the man's a good basketball coach. He's just flawed um, as a, as a person and as a decision maker at times. So um, I mean, it's, it's just, 
the idea of a new direction, finding a new voice, go our separate ways, that sort of thing. It's yeah, it's not we'll like see. flinging mud at the at Tibbs and being like, get out of here, you know, and don't come back, sort of thing. Um, give out some game balls. Let's do it. Easy one for me this week. Um, we're we're gonna have to go through these a little quick. By the way, we're at ninety minutes already, so we're gonna do it very quick. Emmanuel, quickly. How about I see terms of my first not my first rodeo. Yeah. Um, he embodies every for as much as Julius Randle embodies everything we don't love about this team. To me, Emmanuel quickly embodies everything we do love about this team. He had his best quarter of his career on Friday night. Um, he deserves all the accolades he gets. Um, the net rating is uh on court net rating is not fool's gold. There was something to that. Give him a chance next year. Start Emmanuel. Hashtag start IQ. I could honestly go with any of the younger players, uh, at least especially the ones who are part of the Miami turnaround and go with the people who helped draft them. But I'm going to go with uh, the 58th pick overall, Jericho Sims. Listen, we don't have to talk about Jericho, not we, you and me, obviously, but just in general, John, uh, we don't have to talk about Jericho Sims as a Mitchell Robinson replacement or any of that. We could just appreciate Jericho for the ability to be what I hope to believe will be the best 58th pick ever. And the energy, the switchability, the level of play that he brings to the table is just a joy to watch. And um, I, I expect him to have a big league one-way contract next year, and uh, he will have most certainly earned it. So, um, Detention slash the Julius Randle Weekly Commemoration of Events Award goes to, shocker for me, <laughs> Julius Randle. Played one game. One game, yeah. Like was, one game this week, and you're giving I was gonna it to say the same thing. I'm I'm giving him the award because I just don't want to watch him play basketball anymore. Again, not maybe completely irrational opinion, but that is my opinion. You know who has a say and who he who plays him less in in how many minutes he does play basketball? The other guy I, eligible for detention this week. I, I do know that. Yes. So I'm guessing that's where Jeremy's going. Unless I did put an option on here. No one. We were three and one this. You don't week. have to give it no detention this week. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so no one is thinking, in detention. I was thinking no one and I knew you were going to pick Randall anyway, but I thought that exact, the exact same thing of like, he's played one game. He didn't play in three of them. Like, yeah, we could view that one game, like his only game. He didn't do well, but I, you know, I guess again, I, I, I want to say no one, but then I'll, I'll go with my brand. I'm going to say Tibbs because I thought that Atlanta game, as well as the other games went putting Taj in for 15 minutes straight. It just, it just wasn't smart. It wasn't. And I, yes, could the rest of the week unfolded differently if Atlanta fold, whatever it is, maybe. But if we're sitting here talking about a four and a week where one of those games is against Atlanta, the team that's in 10th place, and it's a big reason is because playing Taj Gibson for 15 straight minutes was an option that Tibbs wanted. Doesn't feel great. So I mean, uh, reluctantly, I will give it to Tibbs, although no one was truly under heavy consideration. And I want to shout out Evan from the previous for breaking the record. That is legitimately impressive. Um, I don't even need to talk about the contract situation because I've talked about that before. It's just how we view it in general, right? Like you can say there's a player who has faults and overall he, you know, like that's what you want him to do. That's what you pay him for. I tweeted about that. And then a bunch of people are like, well, actually he's terrible defense. Like, yeah, thanks. I know that I'm saying considering all the faults, you can still look at what people bring to the table. So uh, I just think in general, we should look at the positives that players do bring instead of just mostly harping on negatives. I'll, I'll try to do a better job of that too. But uh, yeah, I will go Jericho and I will go tips. Well, Jeremy 
clearly Tibbs watched the film against Atlanta two and three and four times. And that's why he took Todd out of the game on Friday in a victory. And we didn't do that, even though that's what we said should have happened on Tuesday after Taj was in there. Taj was in there for a a while on Friday and he was meaningful to that win. He was. And then he got taken out because a 37 year old probably shouldn't be playing 15 straight minutes. My takeaway is that Taj's takeaway was that his ankles were taken away by Trey. <laughs> so, <Exactly>. and my <laughs> yes. takeaway, my takeaway is we go into tank our tankathon simulation is that uh, I'm just going to tell you guys because it would require but, entirely too much work. I'm just going to 12, 12, 12. Yes, here, here. First, what? Jeremy Sim, uh, Orlando one, Washington two, Detroit three, Houston four, Washington uh, right now the team right ahead, right behind the Knicks or ahead of the Knicks that jumped to 10 because the Knicks went three and one this week, Washington jumps to the two pick in the draft. So that's Jeremy's Um, John kind of, Oh wow. New Orleans. Finally. Wow. This is actually would have been on brand for John because New Orleans gets in, but it's the pick that they top six, top five protected from the CJ McCollum trade. The one that you'd be confusing with the Lakers pick the last two weeks. Um, Detroit gets one, Indiana gets two, New Orleans gets three, and San Antonio gets four. OKC drops all the way down to seventh. So, as well as Orlando down to five and Houston down to six. And then mine tanking doesn't work. Uh, it doesn't guarantee anything, I guess. Uh, OKC, speaking of, gets the number one pick. Portland jumps to number two, Orlando, uh, Indy goes to number three, and then Orlando number four. Um, I think it brings us. Rangers just won in overtime, by the way, Jeremy. Let's go. I I just want to say very quickly, I think Tankathon is sometimes rigged. I did three simulations for fun. The Hawks won two of them. Or like they went, they jumped. (laughs) I never can get the Knicks to win. So maybe Mark Tatum is responsible for having some sort of role in this. I don't know, but I wouldn't. Well, this is going to be the year. Um, On to predictions. I just kept, I just clicked this. Kept clicking sim lottery until I got the Knicks. I finally got the Knicks to the four pick. So nice. There we How go. many times did it take you though? Like I just kept clicking. I lost count. Yep. I just kept yep, clicking. Exactly. <laughs> Eventually it was gonna work out. Um before Pretty we finish case. up, we got one more uh one more uh, super chat here from Kevin Danishevsky. Just want to revisit my comment. The Ben Falk article on Terry Stocks is the gold standard on how a coach should engage with analytics. If they didn't if I know they didn't have playoff success, but I would like honesty. Yeah, no, I think that's and Terry Stotts was an open minded guy. And I think he was a big part of why the culture there worked for as long as it did. Um, Are we sure the Blazers didn't have playoff success? Three of their I mean, eliminations, it, which are the team that won the championship. They, yeah. And they made it to the Western Conference finals. Yeah. Um, and I Dame is like a, you know, he's a borderline top 10 player, you know, um, at his peak. So I'd say they did pretty well for what they had. Um, predictions. Um, as I was about to say, the Knicks fight New York Knicks, 11th in net rating since the All-Star break, 8-8, eight and eight, and they have played eight uh, half of their games um, against um, teams that are in the top 10 in net rating on the year. So they have had a very tough schedule, gone 500 since then, uh, but too a little too late, um, as it will probably turn out. Uh, but we still have to pick these games. So Chicago, uh, these are three home games, by the way, to start the week. Chicago on Monday, Charlotte on Wednesday and Cleveland on Cleveland's on Friday, Saturday, no Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Oh, so we get Thursday, Friday off. Nice. I'm not complaining about that. Um, and our playback game, by the way, is going to be the Charlotte game on Wednesday night. So for any of our patrons listening that want to uh, join the watch along, that is going to be Wednesday. Um, and 
Yes, at Orlando. So they play back to back. So the Orlando game is in Orlando where we have um we've won. They lost both Orlando games at home, right? Or did they lose one of the Orlando games? Both. They Orlando lost games both Orlando games at home. Both the first games. one was their first loss of the year. There you the go. Second one, we were in the building and yes, it was we our I, I remember our, that one. Yeah. yeah. Our, our um, event and, at MSG. And then uh we're recording uh next Monday. So yeah, the Orlando game next Sunday at six. And I, again, that is at Orlando. Um I've given this a little bit of thought already because I had a feeling we we're going to be uh, up against it here. Um, I'm torn between three and one and two and two. Um, the difference is that in weeks past, I'm pretty sure we, I knew which Jeremy was going to, which way Jeremy was going to go if I went a particular direction. I think if, if I go two and two, Jeremy's going to go um, three and one. And I'm not Maybe sure not. he's going to be. What? Maybe not. These are winnable games. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, so you oh so you're saying you may go four and oh. Um I went three and oh not too long ago. So yeah, I mean, look, I think it wouldn't it be like this team? Wouldn't it be like this team to 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 go on a a seven game winning streak? It's, it sounds crazy to say at this point in the season. Um Chicago's been playing poorly, Charlotte's been playing well, although we beat them. Uh Cleveland has been oh, fine. Um <laughs> Uh, this is it because um, this is to get back to 500 and have a chance to win. If I lose this week, that's it. It's over. I'm going to, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go two and two. I'll go three and one. Yeah. Andrew, which way would you have gone? Um, it's tricky because all th- like three of these teams, well, two of these teams that are playoff teams right now are on the way down. At the moment, the yeah, but Chicago. three of these teams are trying hard to win games. Then again, the Knicks. Just oh, the beat. Knicks. That's the thing, though. Like I the know. Knicks are trying hard to win games, and they have taken advantage of some teams that are on the way down, like Miami, the other night. Um, I think two and two is the safe pick. Although, like three, trending upward would be my stance. Is that two and two or three and one would have been my my take? So good job by everybody. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this um, post-game live stream podcast, Doohickey. That's the name of the podcast. Mm. Um, Great job title. by me. Yeah, there you go. Uh, not my first rodeo, like I said. Um, Jeremy, anything before we get out of here? Not for me. Uh, best set. picture prediction from you. Uh, can you remind me what is even... Oh, dear. So it's between Coda and Power of the Dog. I haven't seen Power of the Dog. I love Coda. So I'm going to go with Coda. There you go. That was mine and John. Well, no, no, no. It was my best picture prediction. And in our Oscar pool that I'm looking at now, um, I went Power of the Dog. You're the only one that went Power of the Dog. I'm sure I did because I have a funny feeling there's been a little bit, it's been a little bit too much buzz. Mm-hmm. So it's quiet, a little too quiet for Power of the Dog <laughs> out, out there in the old. Is life. that is that supposed to be some sort of insensitive death joke, John? I'm kidding. It's. Power the dog. You're an awful human being, Jeremy. I, I, you would even think that. Coda, go Coda. I want Coda to win. I want Coda to win. Coda was, I think, I enjoyed Coda Beautiful. a lot more than Power of the Dog. But anyway, uh, Andrew, anything else for a good idea? Nothing. Enjoy the Oscars, everybody. Um, we'll be back tomorrow night with John on the post game. And Godfather Week officially starts tomorrow over at Final Review. So check that out if you're interested. Giddy up, baby. 